Alright, welcome to the episode 4 of the Redeem the Dream podcast. As always, I'd love to get some feedback from you guys. My email address is dan at redeem-dead-dream.org. Please uh, feel free to hit me up with any questions, comments, or concerns. And today's podcast is going to be on the topic of leadership and mental health and suffering from a Christian perspective. And our special guest is Wesley Town. What's up, my brother? Dan Marston, how you doing? Great, great, man. Well, Wesley and I, we played college basketball together a long time ago. And he was the man and went on to be even a bigger man and did a bunch of amazing things. Planted a church in Oregon in Eugene that went from five to 2000 in about five years. And I think I read that Outreach Magazine named you the youngest mega church pastor in America in 2013. Yes, Dang. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody oh. deserves it. It's you, man. You're that. You're that guy that actually read every book in college, not just the cliff notes. So <laughs> you, you deserve it. <laughs> you're like one in a million, bro. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, yeah. Uh, can you kind of tell us what you're up to these days in regards yeah. to your 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 new uh, stage of ministry? Yeah. So um, I planted a church in Eugene, Oregon, called Ecclesia. In 2008, um, my man, Dan Marsden, came out and helped us in that first year, which was amazing. Um, and the church really just like was focused on like discipleship and investing in college students. And somehow it just started quickly growing. Uh, we started in our apartment living room. Dan Marsden was there. Oh, yeah. I remember 99 people or 100 people yeah. in that spot. People sitting in the sink on the counters. It, it was, it crazy, was crazy. I never experienced um, anything like it. Never. I've never seen anything like it. It was just incredible. Um, and within the first couple of years, the church just kept growing and growing. We met in a community center, had five gatherings a week, um, which is a little too much uh, for uh, a team, a small team and uh, a new church and to be able to teach. Um, and we just kept growing and growing and growing. Um, and after five years, we had a couple thousand people, two campuses, one in Eugene, one in Springfield, which is the adjacent city uh, in Lane County. And um, my wife had, has had major back surgery and struggled with chronic pain. Uh, she got in a car accident at same month we celebrated our five-year anniversary as a church uh, which was incredible um, she got in another accident um, and for the last five years we've been in and out of hospitals and surgeries and therapy and um, this last uh, april april 2018 uh, she was diagnosed with a major uh, brain condition um, and I basically, the, the day after she was diagnosed with that um, in Southern California, um, I called our board and I just said, hey guys, I don't think I can keep doing this. It'd been a really, really hard five years of traveling and most of the experts in the medical uh, challenges that CARE is dealing with are in Southern California. So I was traveling and... Um, as far as like just medical care long-term, like being in a big, bigger city was better. So I ended up going on um, a summer sabbatical break and uh, 
quickly knew that it was time to move on uh, for Kara. It was hard decision on one hand because you're leaving something that you poured your life into, that you care about, you love. And uh, easy decision on the other hand because it was my wife and long term that wasn't the place, the city um, that was going to be best conducive for her like situation. So, yeah, we are um, on a, a new journey and like I think over the last five years I've been uh, researching and studying and thinking about and teaching and speaking on uh, suffering and mental health from a Christian perspective. And that's what I'm currently doing. Uh, I have a podcast called Better Days Podcast. Uh, and subscribe, it's about- Subscribe, everybody. Yeah, subscribe to Better Days Podcast. You can hit us up also on Instagram, Better Days Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Better Days with Wesley Town on Apple iTunes. And basically what I'm doing is I'm teaching um, about mental health and suffering from a biblical Christian perspective. Uh, so that's what I'm currently doing, uh, and I'm really passionate about it. I can share more, but uh, I'm sure you got specific questions. Yeah, exactly. I got a few questions I'd love to go over in the next couple minutes. And I guess the first one would be, can you share a few minutes about your personal experience as a leader while you were in leadership with mental health or suffering? Yeah. And what oh, you totally. learned, you know, to follow up with that. Yeah, I think when you're starting out in leadership in anything, I was a young guy planted at a church at 26 years old, um, which is really young. Uh, I think there's a huge learning curve. I think one of the things that I experienced was with such fast growth, you're uh, in a cycle of exhaustion. Uh, you're running on adrenaline. You're not sleeping. You're working 24-7. <laughs> um, and I've always struggled with anxiety my whole adult life. And it's not anxiety like I'm thinking and worrying and fearful. It's just something that my body does as a reaction, oftentimes to stress or change. Um, and so I think like just having that personal experience of like figuring like out my anxiety, my stress, uh, healthy rhythms. Um, and then leadership in general is challenging because you're dealing with so many people and you're a person too. So you're trying to learn self-awareness, you're trying to grow, you make mistakes, and then you're around a lot of people that have, you know, expectations upon you. Um, they're critical of your life. Uh, if you're the leader of something, you're always going to be the target uh, as well. And so I think learning about that is uh, a huge learning curve. It takes a lot of experience, a lot of personal thinking and growth and development and help from out the outside as well. People to, to pour into your life that have been through it. So for me, like what I learned personally is that every human is different in leadership. So you can't tell everybody to do the same things. Uh, I also learned that uh, you have to, um, you have to fill yourself up. So you can't just empty yourself in leadership. You've got to take care of yourself. Uh, I think that's why there's a huge movement right now on Sabbath and rest uh, because, you know, we're not robots. We're not machines. Um, as we're investing in something, we're building something, we're, we're uh, accomplishing things. We also have to have inputs. Uh, we just can't have outputs. So um, for me, that meant figuring out where I empty the most, 
um, and the quickest, which is uh, emotionally. And for me to fill that bucket up meant I needed to learn to have some quiet alone time because I was around so many people all the time. And then also exercising. I was a college athlete like Dan, uh, running, um, working out, um, staying healthy, eating good food, like practical things that like these are tools that God has given all people um, really helped me out and uh, also helped my anxiety, de-stressing. Um, I think, you know, exercising is such a phenomenal uh, tool that God's given us to de-stress um, and help uh, with um, the burdens and, you know, the mental stresses that we face and we deal with. So uh, those are those are some of the ways that I learned. Um, I also learned that I have limitations and you can't do everything. Uh, even if everybody wants you to be everything, you can't be everything to every person. So you have to have limitations. You have to get in a rhythm that is manageable for the long run. Um, you know, life and building something, whether it's ministry or business, there's a season that you're sprinting, but eventually you've got to learn to run a marathon um, instead of always be sprinting because you can't keep up with you know, constant sprinting as the years go on. You got to be able to be healthy for the long term. So uh, those are some of the things that I've learned um, with mental health and stress and leadership. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to touch on, but. No, that's that's great stuff. That's great stuff. The next big question that I have is misconceptions. It seems like, especially in American Christianity, where a lot of it is, I mean, you always got to be smiling the Christian radio stations are positive and encouraging. Not mm-hmm. to knock that it's great, you know, but it's if you don't have that persona and as a leader, if you don't come across as always smiling, always happy, always full of energy, then you're perceived as, man, maybe you're not fit to lead. Maybe you're not, something is wrong with you. Maybe you're not spiritually mature or emotionally unhealthy because you're not okay. And so it, it's it's really tough, I think, for leaders. And that just automatically causes us to, internalize things and then maybe develop some really unhealthy habits because we know if we are really known then that will threaten our our job our income our calling and it can be really tough so i don't know if you can kind of touch on misconceptions in regards to suffering and mental health within the context of christian leadership yeah i think uh one of the main aspects of like my passion is as i've observed christianity suffering mental health I saw so many false ideas, cliches um, about being a Christian and being human. What I mean by being human is we are imperfect beings. Um, We live in a broken world. We have limitations. We have pain. We have hurt. We have challenges. We have suffering. Um, Our bodies deteriorate, you know, at a certain point. Um, So there's a lot of brokenness and humanity that we experience. And I saw uh, just a lack of understanding about our humanity and what humans go through and being okay with not being okay, being okay with not being perfect, being okay with having struggles and challenges and pain. So I, I really want to be a voice that helps deconstruct a lot of those false ideas and cliches and construct a healthy um, you know, theology and point of view about what it means to follow Jesus and be human at the same time. And I think one of the things that um, is one of the 
aspects that's a misconception, a false idea, is being a leader and suffering or being a leader and being human. And it's interesting to me, as you look through scripture, uh, take, for example, Job. Job was the most influential human being on the earth during his time. He was wealthy, successful, had employees, had a family. Uh, but Job went through the greatest pain and suffering that any human being faced at that time. He, he lost his children in a tragic accident. He lost his business. He lost his employees. Uh, he lost his health. His wife told him to curse God and die. Um, and he was struggling through pain. And his friends came along and they gave him all this theology. And like they tried to convince him that he was in the wrong, that God was punishing him, that the way he was reacting toward his suffering and pain was wrong. And um, it's a pretty like tragic book, but then it's beautiful because in the end, you know, his life is restored and redeemed and God rebukes his friends for how they treated him because they knew a bunch of theology, but they didn't know how to relate to somebody in a loving, uh, caring, kind, um, sympathetic way. And so um, you look at a guy like Job and you say, wait a minute, like he was the greatest leader in the world at his time and he suffered the greatest and he was totally human. In chapter three of Job, he talks about how he wishes God never created him. He wished he was never born. He was in utter depression. And I think that's like a cool window into the fact that all leaders suffer. Behind the scenes of anybody trying to make a difference is often a, you know, a history of pain um, or current pain and current suffering. You're going to go through stuff. And I think that the script is being flipped in Christianity. I think young people like me, millennials, Gen Z, um, we're trying to be more vulnerable and honest and transparent about our pain, our suffering, our humanity, what we go through. And I think it's creating actually um, an openness um, and an awareness to the commonness of uh, and normalcy of Things like mental health, you know, like depression, anxiety, uh, things like uh, suffering um, and imperfection in the life of leaders. Because the reality is, whether somebody puts on a front or not, we all have pain, we all have imperfections, and we all deal with uh, basic, normal human struggles in life. And I think that people's hearts are opened and people can relate to us when we're more honest. Um, I think God God uses our greatest pain um, to be the greatest source of influence often um, in our lives through through our through our vocation through our ministry through our influence in the context of life God's given us He often uses our struggles our pains uh, and our story to reach people more than anything else It's not our successes um, that make the most impact on people It's our trials our suffering our pain our struggles. That's a great point. I was at a conference in Nashville earlier this week, Monday, Tuesday, and there's a presenter and he had an interesting definition of success. He kind of threw out that kind of spoke to me and he gave a dev definition that said success is the ability to go from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. And mm. I thought that was, that was pretty profound. So good. So good. That's really good. Right. Awesome, man. All right, so what do you think someone should do in leadership that is struggling with anxiety, mental health, suffering, those kinds of things? Yeah, no, that's really good. I think um, 
it's such like a vast and complex um, question because every person is unique. But uh, if you are in leadership and you are struggling with some aspect of suffering um, or um, you're dealing with mental health, you're, you, you notice that you've been depressed for some time, you're losing passion, uh, you, um, you've lost like joy, you've lost happiness, you've lost um, just kind of like the, the, the joy of like seeing, you know, your life being effective, uh, or you're struggling with anxiety, you're feeling uh, signs and symptoms, uh, con con constant stress, um, panic attacks, um, your heart is racing all the time, you feel exhausted, um, but you somehow can't ever um, get to the point where you do feel rested and you do feel whole and healthy. Uh, there's so many other like symptoms. Uh, but I would say, first of all, um, it's important to begin to ask yourself why I'm feeling this way. Um, not necessarily if you're suffering. I think that you can pinpoint like why you're suffering. But if you're dealing with mental health, I think it's good to ask the question why, because, you know, any symptom of anxiety or depression is really a signal that something's wrong. Uh, and our body is telling us like, whether that's our, our mind or emotions, you know, physical reactions in our body, that there is something wrong. So it's good to ask why, um, why am I feeling this way? What, what is the root of it? And I think you just keep asking yourself why until you get to the root cause, um, and you then take that as a platform uh, forward. And I think there's so many things that you can do. Um, one, you can be proactive with your mental health. You know, whether you're, you're dealing with it as a result of stress or some sort of trauma in your life or um, you just have a proclivity towards anxiety, uh, particularly, uh, you know, working or leading out of exhaustion or facing the pressures or the ideals that people have on you. I think that what you want to do is you want to use that uh, answer, the root, asking yourself why to then move forward and begin to get a pathway to health. Um, so there's so many practical things you can do to help your mental health and be proactive with mental health. I'm going to actually be uh, talking about this in my first podcast of season two, uh, being proactive with mental health. There's a lot of uh, things that you can do, you know, what you eat, uh, sleep cycles, making sure that, you know, as a Jesus follower, you're connecting with God, that your soul is healthy, um, filtering uh, emotions, filtering thoughts, recognizing healthy emotions and unhealthy emotions, uh, not allowing unhealthy thought patterns or unhealthy emotions continue to um, have their course inside of you internally, um, exercising. There's a lot of practical things you can do to be uh, proactive with your mental health. But also, I think that oftentimes we're facing these struggles and we don't know how to navigate them. Um, find resources in navigating these things. Talk to somebody who's an expert, um, who deals with helping people understand depression or anxiety and uh, learning about a pathway forward for your particular situation because everybody's situation is different. I think if you're suffering, suffering is hard. Um, and I think that as we go through prolonged suffering, 
uh, it's important to uh, embrace the emotions and the reality of that instead of suppressing them. Because sometimes as followers of Jesus, like Dan was saying, we think that we're supposed to be happy and everything's supposed to be amazing all the time, but that's just not reality of our humanity. I think instead of suppressing the pain that we're going through, really embracing it and feeling it and working through it and processing it, finding somebody that we're close to, whether it's a family member or a friend, a counselor, another leader that we really feel comfortable with, that, that we can trust and opening up about what we're facing, what we're dealing with, uh, asking questions about how to navigate these things. Uh, and the best thing that you can do if somebody comes to you uh, is listen, love them, affirm them, um, encourage them. Uh, and the best thing that we often can do, honestly, when somebody's facing a lot of pain is just listen, uh, not speak our opinions or try to save them, try to heal them with our words because people want your presence more than they want your words. Uh, the presence of a person is incredibly powerful. Um, and for somebody to be able to share their deepest struggles with you is a really vulnerable place. And so if we're judgmental or we try to be, you know, we try to heal them with Bible verses or what have you, like that is just not helpful. Um, instead, be what the scripture says to be to somebody who is suffering. Um, that's healing. Uh, mm, that's good. So there's a bunch of thoughts. Uh, but honestly, um, if you really are like processing through this as a leader, uh, check out my uh, podcast that's launching in a couple weeks, season two, uh, Better Days on Apple iTunes. And I'm going to be talking about these exact things in more depth. That's awesome, man. I'll be checking that one out for sure. It, I think this kind of almost ties into some of the things you just said, but are there particular things that you see that someone could do to prevent that downward spiral of, of just mental health um, issues? I mean, everybody mm -hmm. experienced suffering went over that. So that's going to happen in some shape or form, but not everybody needs to collapse in regards to their mental health. If they take the right steps or they have the right practices, mm -hmm. are there some yeah, things I think... that you would recommend? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, uh, like I was saying, like in our life, sometimes we're reactive uh, instead of preventative. We wait until we're in a crisis um, or our life is crashing down uh, to build into our life healthy um, habits, um, healthy lifestyles, healthy inputs. Um, so let me just pull something up real quick. I just um, wrote something on this and. Uh, I think it will be helpful uh, just to give you some some ideas of um, here we go. Um, yeah, just just being proactive with our mental health. I think like Dan and I would understand this analogy. Think of an off season in sports. During the off season, you're learning new skills, you're working out to become a better athlete, and you're perfecting the fundamentals of your sport. And so you're really investing to be prepared for the season ahead. So I think when it comes to mental health, mental health encompasses so many things. It encompasses our, our, you know, our well-being psychologically, emotionally, socially, and spiritually. And just like an athlete is proactively investing to prepare for the season, we need to be proactively investing into our mental health so that when the challenges 
And some of these normal experiences that we experience, they're not like out of the norm. Um, deep discouragement, emotional pain, suffering, uh, anxiety. When these things take place in our life and we're, we're under pressure or we're dealing with these things on a consistent basis, we've built in healthy, proactive lifestyles, inputs, um, uh, thought patterns, filter systems so that we can manage our crisis or our suffering a lot better. So just just some quick things real quick. And I, I said some of these things a minute ago, but um, I'll elaborate on them more um, in actually episode three of, of season two of my podcast that's going to be launching soon. But eating healthy, exercising consistently, maintaining healthy sleep rhythms, reading a book, which is really good for your mind, um, putting down your phone. We, we have technology addiction, overload, comparison, which can actually be really detrimental to a mental health. Investing in healthy relationships, finding purpose each day, filling up our emotionally ta uh, emotional tank in healthy ways, um, being organized with our life, writing down tasks and scheduling them instead of living in chaos and disorganization and always going to bed thinking about all the things we have to do. Um, actually being organized helps us not to be thinking about those things all the time. Um, communicating instead of suppressing challenges in life with, again, with people that you trust, um, learning to identify unhealthy thought patterns and, um, unhealthy emotions so that we don't let those make progress in us internally and speaking hope into our heart when we're discouraged, when we're dealing with you know, intense stress or anxiety or suffering. And then um, another one more I'll just throw out there is working through life's challenges as they come up instead of suppressing them. Uh, and some of these, again, are on repeat, but I think that they're helpful for everyone. Uh, but I, I would say like at foundational level as a follower of Jesus is maintaining a healthy daily connection with God uh, where we are in his presence, we're talking to him, we're Reading our reading scripture so that we're we're being built up uh, in our faith, I think, is so important as as, as the most foundational thing we can do uh, for our internal health. Those are some amazing things, man. Wesley Town on the roll right there. <laughs> Appreciate it. That's that's a lot to process, and it's such a important thing that is just not talked about enough in our space of Christian leadership, yes. leadership in general. And so I think it's really, really cool that it's amazing. I feel like the, the way God brought you to where you are now, like the whole time, a decade in Eugene to to struggle with, with Kara, your wife, and now he's using it in a different way, you know? And yeah. that's got to be encouraging that God continues to take you to different levels and new seasons and it's amazing. I can't, I can't wait to see what God's going to continue to do in you and through you. So I'm yeah. pumped, man. And I, th I think the pain in our life, we, you know, it, it can be wasted or it can be purposeful. You know, what the health issues my wife faces or the anxiety that I've faced, I think we can redeem that. Um, and we can use that to help people and encourage people and comfort people and relate to people and speak into people's lives. that are going through it in a way that they're like, Oh yeah, you understand. I, I, I can identify with what you're saying. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I'm trying to educate and encourage and bring hope um, and deconstruct false ideas and bring awareness inside and outside of Christianity and just be a voice on this subject. So, dude, thanks so much for having me, man. 
No, for real, man. I appreciate it. It's so good to see you. And I love how you kind of brought to life the idea that it's really through our pain that we discover our purpose, mm. not through our wins a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's when scripture talks about how we can consider some of these things joy because it produces this fruit and it, it leads us to purpose and ultimately to a hope that will not disappoint, mm-hmm. as Romans says. And it's really something I've been processing through and finding a lot of encouragement in when you have that kind of biblical perspective on things and so thank you very much for all your insight i know we all learned a lot from you brother and thank uh, you oh for sure man and and i'm uh, and i'm writing a bunch on this too on my website wesleytown.com so if anybody wants to check that out yeah i'll definitely be checking that out and i encourage everybody else to do the same other than that i look forward to hearing some of your feedback and i hope you enjoyed this insight from a very very wise friend of mine on the other side of the country God bless y'all.